Hello and welcome back to CMOS Podcast. Y'all ready for this? Where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to make sure that you and your family are ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week and this month is Severe Weather Preparedness Month. So we are talking about unexpected or sudden emergencies that you need to be able to respond to in Chatham County. Last time we talked with Ron Morales morning coordination meteorologist with the National Weather Service, and he provided a lot of awesome context that I feel like we learned a lot. And it's very exciting and awesome to be back again, this time with just Sakili and I. Sakili, thank you so much for joining me yet again today. Of course, it's a Sakili and Chelsea podcast. Very Yay, I feel like every podcast is a Sakili and Chelsea podcast, and I will cry mm-hmm. a lot when you leave me. Okay, I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> in spirit, every time I do a podcast, Sakili yes. is going to just be that ever-present spirit. I'm here for it. Um, for those of you that don't know, Sakili is an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer in service to America and she is only here for a year. So her term ends in May. And that is why I am going to cry. Yes, it went by quickly. It went by so quickly. I know. Well, I still have some time. It is February. It is the end okay. of February. Yeah. But it is February. And I'm going to soak up every moment. And everybody that is listening is going to soak up every podcast that you can provide securely. So again, Just thank you for being it. here today. I love um, it. We are talking about severe weather preparedness. So in preparation for this podcast, I did what every good emergency manager does and went to ready.gov and and Googled how to prepare for tornadoes because that is the epitome of emergency management is taking content and information from one emergency manager, adding your county, adding your spin to it, and then pushing it onward as something of your own. It's literally just the way that emergency management functions. And so one of the things that they recommend on ready.gov are a couple of different tips and tricks and different things for you to be aware of as a resident um, in the Southeast United States. So let's let's kind of dig into some of these concepts and context that they were providing. So the first tip that they always say, which makes sense, emergency management or beyond, know your area's risk for severe weather. In the United States, everybody knows Tornado Alley is in the United States, it's in that Midwest area. You often hear about Oklahoma and you hear about um, you know, all the tornadoes that have been devastating. Just a couple of weeks ago, SEMA hosted a disaster recovery planning kickoff meeting and we brought someone in from Joplin, Missouri. Everybody knows about those large tornadoes that happen in the Midwest. But I'm here to tell you, and even ready.gov has information that says the Southeast is also an extremely high risk area for tornadoes. I feel like people are a little bit more aware of that now. I think Southeast, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, these all play a huge role in understanding that tornadoes can happen here, that severe weather can happen here. In 2018, and I've preached this a couple of times. I feel like I'm Sikili already knows what I'm going to say, and I haven't even told her what I'm going to say. But in 2018, Georgia was number one for tornadoes in the entire country. That means that we had more tornadoes than Oklahoma, than Mississippi, than Alabama, Missouri, all of the places that you hear about these just massive tornadoes. We had more. 
in 2021, we had an increase of tornadoes. We were number five. So it is very, very possible for tornadoes to happen here. Now, the types of tornadoes are slightly different. You know, the ones that are out in the Midwest that the movie Twister was written about, those are those really long tornadoes that track for hundreds of miles. Those are less likely here in Chatham County. We're more likely to see the ones that are very quick to form. They're just kind of down and dirty. They come down to the surface and they create a path of destruction, usually a mile or two miles max, and then they pop back up into the atmosphere. So number one tip from ready.gov and now from SEMA is to know your risk. We know the risk of severe weather and tornadoes are possible here in Chatham County. And right now we're number five in the nation. Wow, we're number five? Yeah, well, the whole state, not just Chatham County, but yes, the whole state number five in the nation right now. I don't wow. know that that's a record I love, but that's I mean, yeah, that's not a record I love, but it's not something that I would have thought about because as many of you all know, I'm from Illinois. <laughs> so <laughs> where tornado watches and warnings are very frequent. So I'm just surprised that I have not escaped the tornadoes <laughs> even all the way down here. Nope. But now that we're talking about tornadoes, one of the best ways to sort of manage our fear or anxiety about emergencies or disasters is to get prepared. And you can tell when a tornado is approaching um, by a few things. One of the big and probably most obvious indicators is that rotating funnel-shaped cloud that you've probably seen on the front of DVD covers like Twister, but <laughs> also approaching cloud of debris. So wind is not really visible to the human eye, but if there's things like dust and debris in the funnel cloud, that will make it more visible. And also just an approaching cloud, almost kind of like if you could imagine a transparent, almost tumbleweed or just floating towards you aggressively. <laughs> or, and this is my favorite sign, a loud roar like a freight train. So those are some ways that you can know a tornado is approaching. With that, and that can be a little bit confusing too, because we have a lot of trains in Chatham County. So it could be that it's just a train, but okay. to, to pay attention, the thing that you need to pay attention to is, you know, sudden changes in weather. If, if you are outside and all of a sudden everything gets really dark and really gloomy and you start to feel that wind kind of rustling through and you start to hear some really loud sounds, it might be time to find your phone and to really like, what is happening? You know, let's be a little bit more weather aware than we were just a couple of minutes ago. Weather can change so drastically here in Chatham County. I have seen that myself multiple times. Like in one day, you have to wear a sweatshirt, you have to wear shorts, you have to have your umbrella, but then you have to take it off because you're sweating everywhere. So yeah, it's... Uh, be aware of the constant weather changes. And that's kind of what happens with tornadoes is it goes from one extreme weather temperature to another and it's those, all of them mixing together. It's gonna form some of those tornadoes. But yes, freight trains may or may not be a tornado. It could also just be a train. Is that the Yeah, think of, of all those things together huh? plus your knowledge of the current weather, not just be like, oh, I heard a train and Sakili from SEMA said, if I hear the train sound, that means the tornado's coming. 
<laughs> oh no, that's not exactly what we want to teach. But all of those, like you said, all of those pieces together um, could certainly mean that a, tor a tornado is likely to come. All right. Another thing that you can do to be a little bit more weather aware and prepare yourself for that sudden or unexpected weather is to pay attention to weather reports. Meteorologists, like what we had with Ron last time we were together, um, they can predict what conditions are right for a tornado. What I was just talking about, understanding that those cold fronts that are coming in or those warm fronts that are coming in, the sudden changes in temperature could make it prime for a tornado in our community. And as I've already mentioned, and as Sakili's mentioned, that happens pretty rapidly and very drastically. And I feel like it happens all the time in Chatham County or in just Georgia in general, which makes sense. We know that the Southeast, those, those states that have those sudden weather changes are gonna be ones that are more primed for tornadoes and that sudden severe weather. So two phrases that I want you guys to be aware of, um, people still get them a little bit confused. So that's why we wanted to bring them up again today in our conversation. A tornado watch versus a tornado warning. A tornado watch means that the conditions are ripe. You have everything that you need to be able to have a tornado. It just hasn't happened at this point. So tornado watches are typically a large swath of land. So when the National Weather Service puts out a tornado watch, it will likely cover more than just Chatham County. It may go into South Carolina or stretch farther down into Georgia. So a tornado watch means that all of the conditions are there. I like to think of it, and Sahili's gonna love this, I like to think of it as a cupcake watch. You have all of the ingredients to make a cupcake. You could totally make cupcakes if you really wanted to, but you haven't done it yet. Your kid hasn't hounded you enough. Your husband, your spouse, whomever has not hounded you enough that you need to make these cupcakes. All the ingredients are there, but you haven't done it yet. Isn't that great, Sakili? I always love the cupcake analogy. Yes. Yeah. Who doesn't love cupcakes? Everything's there. You just haven't done it yet. All right. A tornado warning means that it is happening, it is imminent, or it is already uh, kind of gone through, it's, it's what it's going to do. Um, and I say it like that because we have had instances where uh, the tornado has touched down and the tornado warning comes out. These things can be very, very difficult to track. Ron Morales, last time we were together, kind of talked about the science behind what it takes to find a tornado warning on radar and what some of the challenges are with that. Um, but we're all very aware of, of that that can happen here in Chatham County and it has happened in Chatham County. But a tornado warning means that your cupcake is there, everything was already put together, it's already present, you're already you know, dealing in the midst of it. So a warning means that there's danger and there's immediate action that needs to be taken. So you need to get up, you need to find a safe place in your home, and you need to have a way to kind of shelter yourself from any danger that could be coming from that tornado. So hopefully that kind of makes this make a little bit more sense. Meteorologists are how we're getting those alerts out. Uh, SEMA does not say, uh, just declare that there's a tornado watch or a tornado warning. We're not meteorologists. We are simply pushing out the alerts from those fancy science people, and we are redistributing them so that as many people as possible are aware of what's going on. 
Yes, we love the fancy science people and all the great <laughs> information they give us to put into helpful graphics so that everybody knows what's going on. And we talked about this during our last episode. Severe weather can often be unexpected. And when you know that that's the case, especially a place like here, especially during hurricane season, which is coming up, um, it's important to have ways to get alerted and reliable ways and preferably a mix. So I like to talk about the different ways people can receive emergency alerts. Um, first, I'm going to highlight that SEMA does do a siren test the first Wednesday of every month and remind everyone that sirens can only be heard outdoors. You will not be able to hear them inside. Therefore, people outdoors to be able to hear so if you can't hear them inside and you're like, oh, I don't hear the siren the first Wednesday of every month, that's why they're not meant to do that. But it is an important tool. Uh, there's also the NOAA weather radio, which is considered the voice of the National Weather Service. You can purchase a NOAA weather radio even on Amazon and multiple other sources. Uh, I really like the NOAA weather radio because you can have it do voice alerts. It can also have a display of different alerts like tornado watches versus warnings on the screen, along with like the voice alerting you. And if you're worried about missing that, although I will say the, the voice alert is pretty loud, there's also an extension that has like a pillow shaker and strobe lights so that it will wake you up in the case of important alerts. And you can select on the radio, um, you know, which ones that you wanna hear about. There's also a lot of mobile apps that you can use. So FEMA has one, Red Cross has one. And um, I also really like Weatherbug which also has like the radar and it can show you the map of where different storms are. And I would be remiss if I did not highlight, as I always will highlight, SEMA alerts. Sign up for SEMA alerts. There are weather updates and emergency updates that are pertinent to you in Chatham County. You can text SEMA to 77295. You can call us here at the office and we'll help you sign up. And you can also go to our website and sign up for SEMA alerts. And um, a lot of local weather stations also have apps you can also set up for certain weather alerts. So remember and try to employ a mix in case one of them doesn't work. So, you know, if there's a failure in something, maybe you don't have batteries in your NOAA weather radio like I do right now. Maybe you just have it plugged in and the power goes out and you don't hear that alert. Well, that's why I also have alerts set up on my phone. It's also a really good idea to have an out of area contact, which is what I call it. So if the phone lines are down in your area or maybe everybody's on the phone trying to call people during the case of an emergency. Sometimes service is better if you call somebody who's out of that immediate area and then they can call back in and relay information for you if need be. But again, try to employ a mix in case one fails and SEMA alert. Really cool. I have it on my phone. You can get it on your phone. That's beautiful. Um, something to also pay attention to, and I didn't really think about it a whole lot until last week when Verizon was down in the state of Georgia for a while. All of SEMA's you have cell phones for all of our staff members, they're on the Verizon network. I also have a personal phone on the Verizon network. I had to navigate home without using any of my devices, and that was so strange. So it was I did it. I mean, I made it home, but I love using Waze and I love navigating around traffic. And I was subject to everybody else just being stuck in traffic. So the reason I bring that up is it's important if you have someone that's not on the same network as you, 
were to have access to perhaps a secondary network or figuring out what you would do if you needed to get in touch with someone and their cell phone was down. I had a doctor's office that was trying to contact me on my cell phone and that was clearly not happening. Thankfully, I had an office phone that I could use to connect with them, but my goodness, that was incredibly challenging. And it just gave me a little snippet of what it might be like if we had a disaster or tornado that took out some of our cell phone towers and how challenging that would be for a lot of people. I know a lot of our millennials, a lot of our younger generations, they don't have house phones anymore. Very few of us are in the office even to have an office phone. So what is your plan what can be your plan if Verizon were to go down or AT&T or T-Mobile, if they're even still around, whoever, if those networks were to go down, how would you be able to communicate with your loved ones? Very fascinating stuff. And it's something that I think I'm going to start incorporating into my own personal preparedness of what do I do if I have two phones and neither one of them will work? Kind of a fun thing to think about. All right, so um, the next thing that was on the list for ready.gov was identify and practice going to your safe shelter. Now, they're thinking more Midwest where basements are 100% a thing. Basements yes. in Savannah. So Keely, do you have a basement in your house? Nope. Nope. Most places don't have a basement yeah. around here. If you dig <laughs> too far down, what, what are you going to hit, Sakili? Just, you go get flooded. You don't have water. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of water. So basements are water. certainly uh, a lot more challenging. Some places out in the Midwest too have storm, sh storm shelters for people to go to where they also dig into the ground. Less helpful here in Chatham County. So what we recommend is a small interior room that doesn't have any windows. Now, a lot of homes that are being built these days are based on an open floor concept. They don't have hidden rooms or closets that don't have any windows. Um, so you may have to be a little creative. There are some people um, that even work for the SEMA office that have to use a laundry room. There are people that have to use restrooms or their downstairs bathroom. And there are some that just don't have anything. So they have to use a hallway. If you can go underneath a set of stairs, if you can just find it a closed or an interior space that doesn't have any windows, that's really what you wanna do. You wanna protect heads. Um, so if you have helmets, if you have pillows, if you have things that you can put over top of your children, over top of yourself to make sure that you're safe. Um, if windows were to be broken in or if something were to come kind of crashing in around you, you just wanna be as safe as possible. And one of the things that, that we always recommend is to practice that. Your kids, your family, they're not going to be overly excited about a tornado warning, everybody getting up in the middle of the night and having to shelter in that one specific area. But if you make it something that you guys do on a fairly consistent basis of, hey, we're going to practice a tornado warning. Let's talk about what it means if there's a tornado warning and where's the safest place that we can go on our house. We start to make it a game. I have a two-year-old. She has no idea what's happening most of the time, <laughs> but we're starting to make a game of, all right, this is what we do. We get on our bicycle helmet and we're going to go sit in this really cool um, room in our house. It's also the room where she keeps all of her shoes. So, so she could be entertained for hours, um, oh, but okay. finding so things about that room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the shoe room is the perfect place for my daughter. 
Um, but finding a place that works for you guys and keeping things in there that would keep your children engaged and your animals engaged is incredibly important. So we keep food, like little snack foods for our dog, and then we keep shoes for our child. And that is how we keep us engaged. Uh, so practicing that, making sure that people feel comfortable and having the right materials in there is going to be your tool for success. Yes, I love it. I love how just the shoe room just sort of naturally kind of makes it possible for her to stay entertained. And <laughs> you guys know that I was going to throw this in because we all know how much I love pets and pet preparedness. So here it goes. You got to include your pets in your emergency plan and you got to practice your emergency plan with your pet so that when it happens, um, it's not chaotic like it was for Sakili during the first time she ever had to experience evacuating a hurricane. I've told this story a couple of times on the podcast where I just have a screaming cat and he doesn't <laughs> like being in the little carrier. He doesn't like being in the car and he screams the whole way to wherever we're going. And if we're in traffic or we're on our way out of Chatham County, um, that's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. And um, you would think he would get tired of it, but he doesn't. He can scream the whole way. So prepare with your pets, especially if they're cats, so that they don't do that. And also so that they're less nervous and anxious. You know, keep things out like carriers and kennels so that they don't only associate them with things that they don't like, like evacuating, being in the car or going to the veterinarian. If they're just out and they can hang out and chill in them, you know, that's something that they're used to. When the time comes, you can just stick them in there and be ready to go. You might also want to invest in a pet emergency kit, some good essential items that tend to work and that I've seen in most pet emergency kits are things like saline wash, styptic powder. And when we had Dr. Harper on a while ago, he talked about feel away spray, which is so great because you can spray it on things and your cat will like it. I have tried it and my cat does seem to find it agreeable and it makes him less upset when I put him in the carrier. Has it fixed all of my problems? No, but that's a Sakili problem. <laughs> so those are all of my tips and tricks. Um, they have tend to work with a very difficult cat. So I hope they will also be useful for you. So practice and prepare and you know your animal, so do what you need to do. Yeah, and also think about putting, especially if you have large dogs or really, a really strange or obnoxious cat uh, that might not be overly comfortable with hanging out with you in a really tight space, uh, you might want to practice with them as well. Um, my dog, every time I start to grab her, she gets really anxious about it. She's like, is it bath time? Where are we going? What's <laughs> happening? So I've gotten into the to the habit of picking her up and we just kind of go stand in the closet for a little bit or we go stand over here. She's so concerned about what I'm going to do when I pick her up. And I'm like, I why? What is wrong with you? So starting to prep them and getting them prepared because they're just like children. They, they want to understand what's going on and they're having a hard time comprehending why you're doing the weird things that you're doing. Yes, mm -hmm. it's for their life safety, but we can make it a little bit less traumatic by preparing them appropriately. And it just takes a couple of minutes and you guys can be on your way and back to swatting at random things off of your cabinets and being their normal cat or dog self um, yes. makes it just a little bit easier. All right, so Keely, I think this worked out very well. I feel personally a little bit more prepared. Listeners, I hope you guys do too. Um, this wraps up our severe weather preparedness month. In the month of March, I can't believe that we're already heading into March just next week. 
we are going to be talking about planning. I love the little phrase that we have. It's not luck, it's planning. So we are so focused on St. Patrick's Day here in Chatham County. We are hopeful for an awesome St. Patrick's Day, COVID not ruining any of the festivities, um, but we'll talk about how you can be prepared for St. Patrick's Day and how you can be prepared just for the different types of disasters and emergencies we face every day here in Chatham County. So until then, Zakili, anything that you would like to say as parting words? Uh, it's not luck, it's planning. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love it. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. We will see you next time. Be safe, make good choices, and do awesome things. Bye, guys.